Well, turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 12, we're continuing, of course, our study of the gospel of Luke, and we're seeing Jesus as the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is the, the one who died and rose again, paying for sin and conquering death. And he provides salvation for mankind. As we continue in chapter 12, now we're seeing Jesus. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's going there to die, to die on the cross to pay for sin. He's dealing with a number of issues as we go. We see conflict with religious leaders. It gets worse and worse the closer and closer he gets. He is teaching concerning possessions. That's what we saw a little bit earlier last time. And then the whole idea of trusting Christ for the needs of life. This morning... Jesus deals with, in the famous passage, famous verse, seek first the kingdom. What does this mean? We're going to look at some great biblical truths concerning living for God as we go through our lives. Sometimes questions come up like, what about our needs? Will God take care of us? May we be encouraged this morning as we trust God to provide for our needs as we seek to live for Him. Well, you know, one of the most famous messages ever given was one that, that Jesus taught, and we often call it the Sermon on the Mount. He taught a lot of things in that passage. He taught about how we as believers are to live, uh, you know, live in a fallen world as those who belong to Jesus Christ. But there's a statement there that uh, he made that sometimes we seem to get it backwards. He said, what we treasure, we love. We sometimes think what we love, that's what we treasure. Realize what we treasure, what we think is valuable, that is what we love. What do we value? Do we value things and possessions? Well, then you'll love them. Do you value God and family and others? Well, then you'll love God and you'll love others. This morning as we continue, Jesus is dealing with trusting God and loving Him and using things. And so he deals with this whole issue of trusting God as we seek to live for his glory. Well, let let me remind you, chapter 12 is a long chapter, and there's a lot of different things in there. Let me give you the outline for chapter 12. We already saw standing for Christ against against the religious leaders. That's what he did. And and really, we looked at it for standing for Christ in a fallen world. And then last time, dealing with possessions, that whole thing about that selfish man who who got all his possessions for himself. And and we talked about that. And then this morning, seek seeking the kingdom. That's why I put that there, because that famous verse, which is, seek his kingdom and all these things will be added to you. And we'll talk about how that fits. Next time, as we continue to study, he talks about looking for his coming. And we're going to deal with the comings of Christ, first coming, second coming, the coming in the clouds. We'll see how that fits. And then the final section of this chapter 12 is that Christ brings division. We don't like to always think about that, but oftentimes when the message of Jesus Christ is proclaimed, not oftentimes, every time the message of Jesus Christ is proclaimed, and it's proclaimed clearly there is division. There are people who believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life and those who do not. In this section, we've called it seeking the kingdom. The idea is that we trust God, seeking to live for him, not being worried about the needs and the things of this life. Last time, he dealt with the possessions and that selfish man. And, and this all ties together. In fact, if we'd had time, we would have taken chapter, verse, you know, chapter 12, verses 13, starting at verse 13, and put the whole thing together because it flows together. This time, we're going to see to trust God uh, to meet our needs as we seek to live for his glory. Let me break down the passage for you this morning. Uh, it, it start, we start with the idea of don't worry. and Think about it. Don't worry, trust God, and lay up eternal treasures. That's the big three things. First of all, don't worry. Don't worry about food or clothing. God's going to provide that. Trust God as the provider because he knows our needs and he is the one who provides. And then finally, what should we do? What should be the focus of life? It's laying up eternal treasure. And we'll see how that ties together. There's a lot of things there. <clears throat> He's just dealt with greed. In fact, that member, the man shouted out in the crowd and shouted to Jesus and said, Tell tell my brother to divide the stuff up so I can get my stuff. And Jesus said, Man, 
who made me your judge or arbitrator. Then he said, be aware, be on guard for all forms of greed. And so we talked about that last week because he dealt with the whole issue of greed and the man who wanted material things. And Jesus called him foolish because he spent his whole life and his goal was to get material things for himself. And then he died and there was nothing, you know, he can't take any of that with him. We realize the goal for us is to use what we have for the glory of God. Not for ourselves, but for the glory of God. How do we view possessions? How do we view things and money? The pull is so strong. And bottom line, now let me give you something. Think about this. I may say it twice. Listen to this. Here's the bottom line of this section. Don't worry about things, the needs of life. God knows what you need. He will meet our needs. Trust Him and use things for His glory. Now think about it. Don't worry about things. Don't even worry about the needs of life. God knows what you need. He will meet every need that you have. So trust Him and use what you have for His glory. We could stop right there. But some of you say, well, let's do. That'd be great. We'll go get something to eat. But, but let's look at the passage because that's what it's all about. When we think about our needs, sometimes we realize that we all have needs. And we think, well, I, I do have needs. Will God supply? Will I have enough? What, what about what I need? What if I give things away? Can we trust God for tomorrow? As we see their teaching about our Savior this morning, we're going to find a great comfort because we can trust Him because He's going to supply every need that we have and we're to take the things that He's given us and use them for His glory. Now, as we look at this section, there are really three things that stand out. Don't worry. Trust God and lay up treasure. Lay up treasure in heaven. Let's start with don't worry. Okay? And there's two things when He talks about don't worry. Number one, He says don't worry about food. And number two, or B... Don't worry about clothes. You go, gosh, wow. Bottom line, he says, don't worry about the needs of life. Don't worry about the things you've got to have. Just don't worry about that. God's going to take care of all of that. Look what he says. Look at verse 22. And he said to his disciples, for this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Now, he had talked to his disciples, then he turned and talked to the crowd as a whole, and now he's coming back to talk to the disciples. If you ever picture Jesus, that, that when he's walking around, there's his disciples with him, but there's huge groups of people that just follow him everywhere, and he stopped, and he's teaching, and he had talked to the disciples, and then he turned out to the crowd, and he taught some things about the greed and all of that, and now he's turning back to address this to his disciples. Notice, and he said to his disciples, for this reason... I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor your body as to what you will put on. These are the ones who had believed in him and are following him, and he tells them not to worry. Now, the issue is, what about the things that we need? You could say, I'm not going to worry about a brand new car. I don't need a brand new car. But I do need food, and I do need clothes. Shouldn't I worry about that? Shouldn't I be concerned about that? Shouldn't I be anxious about that? And he says, listen, for this reason I say to you, don't worry about your life as to what you're going to eat, nor for your body, what you're going to put on. Do not worry. Now, the word worry means to be torn apart. It means to be divided. It has an idea of a divided mind because you say, well, I think everything's fine. Well, I don't know about this, so what are we going to do over here? Well, I don't know what we're going to do. And we go back and forth. And that's why worry means to be divided. He says, for this reason I say to you, 
this for this reason is going back to that story, that parable about that man who all he did was store up his own stuff. And that's the only thing he worried about. And when he got a lot of stuff, instead of saying, how can I use this for the glory of God? He said, I got to keep my stuff. So I'm going to build bigger barns so I can keep my stuff. And then Jesus says, for this reason, just thinking about the greed and thinking about worrying about all the stuff. He says, for this reason, I say to you, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about your life. Literally, it says, don't worry about this time on earth. And there are two areas. The food, what you'll eat, nor feed your body, what you'll put on, the food and the clothes. Don't worry about these things. Now, these are needs. But don't be divided or anxious about needs because God takes care of this. And so we need to understand a great truth that life is more than our needs. Verse 23, look what he says. For life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Look at there. Life is more than food, body is more than clothing. That's what he says. Life's more than this. Sometimes we think this is the most important thing in life. I mean, what's the one of the things everybody says? What are we going to eat? What y'all want to eat? What are we going to eat? Boy, what's, what's, what's for supper? What are we going to eat? I'm pretty hungry. What are we going to eat? And clothes. Did you see those new clothes? Did you see that? Yeah, did you see that new skirt? Did you see that new top? See those new suits? Did you see this new other? How about that shirt they've got now? He's saying, listen, life's a lot more than that stuff. You need food and clothing. But life's not about food and clothing. So he says, for your life is more than food and the body more than clothing. The basics of food and clothing, life is so much more than this. Why are we here? To eat? And to wear stylish clothes, we are here for the glory of God and to live for Him. Don't worry about the basics. If God wants us to bring glory to Him, He will make sure we have the basic needs of life. He has made us. He has saved us. He has empowered us. He's gifted us. He will use us for His glory. We're here to serve the living God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. What do you not know? Your bodies, the temple of the Holy Spirit is in you. You've been bought with a price. You're not your own. What should you do? Glorify God in your body. And so he says, listen, don't worry about that. For this reason I say, don't worry about your life, what you eat, what, you, what you're going to put on. Because life's more than food. And the body's more than clothes. Don't worry about these things. God will provide. Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. A little further down in the passage in verse 30, he says at the end of verse 30, Your Father knows that you need these things. So you don't have to worry. Don't worry about food. Don't worry about clothes. Don't worry about that. God's going to provide. And He's going to give us two illustrations of this. Look what he's going to do. The two illustrations. One is for birds. He's going to talk about the birds and the food. He's going to talk about field and flowers and his clothes. So he says, don't worry about food. I'm going to show you an illustration using birds. Don't worry about clothes. I'm going to show you an illustration using the field and the flowers. He says, just don't worry about that sort of thing. Look what he says in verse 24. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than the birds. And when he says consider the ravens, he actually literally says start considering this. Start thinking this way. Start looking at things this way. Consider ravens. Now, for a Jewish person, a raven was an unclean bird. It was a bird they didn't eat. It was a bird that they didn't use for some sacrifices and things. And so for the Jews, this was a very unimportant bird. (laughs) It was an unimportant animal. They just said, we don't care anything about that. He said, but consider them. Think about them for a minute. And for the Jewish person, they'd say, well, that's not a very important bird. No. And they neither sow nor reap. 
They don't have to plant anything or harvest it. They don't have storerooms or a barn. They don't have this place. They got all this stuff stored up. And yet, God feeds them. How do they get their food? They don't sow or reap. They don't have barns that they go say, well, I'm a little bit hungry. I think I'll go over to the barn. I got to... They, don't, they don't have that. How do they make it? God feeds them. He provides. And if God provides for the bird... Now think about this. If God provides for the birds out there, you think He's going to take care of us? Notice what He says. How much more valuable you are than the birds. People are more valuable than birds. And God takes care of them and feeds them and provides for their needs. Will God take care of us? He created us in our mother's womb. He loves us. Jesus Christ came and died for us and rose again. He gives us eternal life. We're children of God. Will God take care of us? The answer is, of course He will. We're children of God, created in Christ Jesus. He feeds birds. He'll take care of us. He says, don't worry. He says, don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you wear. He says, let me give you an illustration about eating. Birds, they don't have any way to make, get the food, get up, and God takes care of them all the time. Now, let me ask you a question. Does worry help? I mean, sometimes we think it does. You know, I've got to worry about this. Are you going to worry about it? Yeah, I've got to worry about it. Sometimes we call it concern. I'm just concerned. That's, that's not really a worry. It's just I'm a little concerned about this because, see, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen the next minute. I don't really know what's going to happen anything. Because you don't know the future. You just take it a second at a time. But God knows the end from the beginning. He knows exactly what He's going to do. Sometimes we think worrying might help a little. Notice what He says about worrying. Because worrying doesn't help. Verse 25. And which of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life's span? He says, by worrying, can you add even an hour to your whole life and say you live 70 years and think of how many hours there are in 70 years? And He says, by worrying, do you think you can get one more hour out of this thing? One more hour. Hour. And of course the answer would be no. You mean, yeah, you can't control that. God's in control. Our worry won't add anything. We can't make our life longer by worrying about it. Notice verse 26. If then you cannot do even a very little thing, like add one hour in a whole lifetime, why do you worry about other matters? Why do you, why do you worry about these things? See, if we just can't even add to our lives one little hour, why should we eat? We worry about these things which are necessities of life. Food and clothing. He says, don't worry about it. Too often we wake up and we go, I don't know what I'm going to do today. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I've got this paper due. I've got this project. I've got this thing to do. I've got this thing at work. I don't know about the car. It's been making a funny noise. I don't know what about this. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what we're going to do. He says, would you quit worrying about all these things? By worrying, can you add anything? No. And if you can't add even this little stuff, why do you worry about such matters? So the first thing was food. Now he's going to go to clothes. He said, don't worry about the food. I'll give you illustration birds. He said, don't worry about clothes. I'll give you illustration the flowers in the field. Look what he says, verse 27. Consider... Same as he said back at verse 24. He said, consider the ravens there. Now he says, consider the lilies. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, but I'll tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. 
He says, now start considering the lilies of the field. Start considering all this, the wildflowers in the field. They don't toil, they don't spin, they don't get out there and say, we've got to do this. But even Solomon, who was the richest king who ever lived, you remember when Solomon became king and he said he was young and he went to God and, and God said, uh, ask me for whatever you want. And Solomon said, I, I feel I'm so young and these are great people and you're a great God and all I, all I, I would like to have wisdom to rule these people. And God said, because you have asked for wisdom and not riches and long life, I'll not only give you wisdom, but I'll give you riches and long life, and there will not be another king like you in all history to have what you have. And Solomon, best we can tell, was the richest king who ever lived. And you could take all the clothes that Solomon had, the best clothes of the richest man who ever lived, and he said that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like the lilies of the field. And sometimes you'll be driving and you look out and you see a, a pasture or a field and you see all those wildflowers and the beauty and you go, look at that. And God just does that. He says, if he can do that on a field, do you think you need to worry about clothes? If God so, verse 28, if God so clothed the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, you men of little faith? He said if he clothed the field, and he did, and, and it's temporary. A lot of times they'd go and they'd take that grass and the things and they'd burn them up and put them in the furnace. He said if it's something that's so temporary and yet so beautiful, and that's better than any clothes anybody could ever have, and it's so temporary, do you think he's going to take care of you? Will he not? How much more will he clothe you? He feeds the birds. He's going to feed us. He clothes the fields. He's going to clothe us. That's the necessities of life. You don't have to worry. He's going to take care of all of that. Look how he ends this little part. You men of little faith. They weren't trusting God. They weren't realizing. They were not remembering. God is the one who's in control. He works all things according to counsel and his will. He's the provider and protector. He's the redeemer, provider, protector. When we worry about food and clothes, we're not trusting God. We're not trusting God to provide our needs. Don't worry about the food and the clothes. God knows what you need. So the first aspect of this was don't worry. Second thing is trust God. you got to trust Him. Notice what he says in verse 29. Do not seek what you'll eat and what you'll drink, and do not keep worrying. He says, don't, don't, don't seek all that. Don't go after eating and drinking. Don't keep worrying about this. Now, this is a different word for worry. The first word for worry meant to have a divided mind, to go back and forth. This word literally means to be up in the air. And it's the idea of everything's up in the air. You heard people say, it's just everything's up in the air. We don't know what we're going to do. That's where it comes from. This word means you're up in the air. You're not grounded. You don't know. And so you're sitting there going, I don't know what to do. I'm up in the air. He says, quit worrying. Do not keep being up in the air. Why? He said, verse 30, for all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek. But your father knows that you need them. He says, these are the things that all the, the nations, and, and really there's a, an idea there. To say nation was the word Gentile, but it, it didn't just mean a person who wasn't Jewish. It had the idea of a pagan. It had an idea of an unbeliever. He says, this is what the unbelievers seek for. This is what all the nations of the world are going after. They're, they're trying to get all these things. 
They want things. Earl Rodmacher said this. He said, the world is like a group of passengers trying to get the best deck chair on a sinking ship. Got to have that chair. Got to get that one. That's the one I want. The ship's going down. Everything in this world is temporary. The only things that are eternal is God's Word and people. Everything else will be gone. It's going to be all burned up and gone. Even things, everything you have now, think of every possession you have. You know what's going to happen to it? It's going to break. It's going to wear out. You'll look at it and you'll say, I bought this. I wanted this. I'm putting this in a garage sale. That's the way things are. They come and they go. He says, all of these kind of things the nations seek, but, but, your Father knows what you need. See, God's not just God. God's our Father. When you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you become a child of God. As many have received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, even those who believe in His name, John 1.12. And so you would look at it like, you know what? I have a Heavenly Father, and my Heavenly Father takes care of me. And my Heavenly Father says, don't worry about stuff. Don't worry about even the necessities of life, because the whole world's going after that stuff. Don't worry. I know what you need. He says, I will provide every need that you have. Trust Him, and don't worry. Here's that charge in there. Seek his kingdom. Don't put your focus on things. Put your focus on Jesus Christ. He will provide all your needs. Look what he says. But seek his kingdom. And all these things will be added to you. Seek his kingdom means to live for Jesus Christ. When we say seek the kingdom, we know that one day we'll be in the kingdom with Jesus Christ. When he comes to this earth as the king of kings and lord of lords, Revelation 19, verse 11, he's coming back, he's setting up a kingdom and rule and righteousness and justice. We'll be in that kingdom. But he's saying seek the kingdom now, meaning seek to live as one who's connected with the kingdom. Serve the king. Live for him. Make the most of our lives. Seek to touch lives for Jesus Christ. And these things will be added to you. Notice, they search for these kind of things. And he says, these things will be added to you. We're talking about food and drink and clothing and shelter, all of those things, the necessities of life. Don't put your focus on things. Put your focus on Christ. Seek first the kingdom. He'll provide every need that you have. Verse 32. Don't be afraid, little flock. Don't be afraid. For your father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. He said, don't be afraid. All the way through this passage, it's the same thing. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Don't do this. Trust God over and over and over. Look what he says. Don't be afraid, little flock. Don't worry. It's very gentle words that Jesus was using to his disciples. You're like the little flock. He says, gladly. Chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. That's the blessings of the kingdom. One day we'll be with him in the kingdom, but these are the blessings. And he says, listen, I'm going to make sure you have not just the basic needs. I'm giving you the kingdom. The privilege to live and serve the living God. Wow. Well, he says first, don't worry about things, even the basic things. Why? Because you've got to trust God, because he's going to supply every need that you have. I mean, if he'll take care of birds, he'll take care of you. If he'll take care of the field, he'll take care of you. You just don't need to worry about it. Well, then what do we do? That takes us to the third thing, and that is to lay up treasure in heaven. Wow. We don't need to go after the things 
of this world. Nothing, let, me, let me say this. There's nothing wrong with possessions. nothing wrong with things. God may choose to bless you uh, financially. He may choose to bless you with things. There's nothing wrong with that. But you don't need to love the things, and you don't need to go after those kind of things. You need to use things for the glory of God. There's nothing wrong with things. I mean, as America, you compare us to the rest of the world, we got all the things. we got more things than anybody else. We're the richest people in the world. So we got them. We got to use them for His glory. He says, listen, lay up treasure in heaven. Don't go after things because they're all temporary anyway. You got to go after something that's going to last forever. Look what he says, verse 33. Sell your possessions and give to charity. Make yourselves money belts which you do not wear out. An unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near nor moth destroys. He says, don't hold on to your things. When he says sell your possessions, he doesn't mean take everything you got and sell it. He says, listen, realize what you have comes to you from God. We talked about this several weeks ago. Everything you have comes from God. You're to use it for His glory. There are things that you have that you may say, listen, I need. I, somebody else has a need. I may want to do that. He says, sell your possessions and give to charity. Give away. See, too often we don't look at what we have as something that could be used to help somebody else. We look at what we have as, how can I use this stuff? We're like the guy who had the barns and got all the stuff. And he said, I'm just going to build bigger barns because I want to keep my stuff. The goal is not to keep your stuff. The goal is to use your stuff for the glory of God. You're a steward. We're going to see it more next week. When he gets a little bit, he's going to do the same thing. In fact, he's going to talk about being a wise steward as we await the return of Jesus Christ. And what God has given you, we're to use for His glory. In fact, use your things for the glory of God. Let me throw some verses up there for you. Ephesians 4, 28, 1 Timothy 6, 6, 18 and 19. Ephesians 4, 28 says this. Listen, let him labor. Let a person work. Perform with his own hands what is good. And we say, why do you work? So I can get my stuff. Right? That's why I work. Don't I work to get my money so I can get my stuff? Here's what he says. Let him labor, perform with his own hands what is good, in order that he may have something to share with him who has need. He says work and get stuff so you can share with the person who has need. See, our culture says work so you can get stuff for you. The Bible says work so you can have enough to share with someone else. Things are temporary, not to be hoarded, but to be used. First Timothy six eighteen and 19 says this, says, Instruct those to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for ourselves treasures of a good foundation. The treasures that we store up are not treasures here. Notice the verse. Sell your possessions, give to charity, make yourselves money belts which do not wear out. He's saying make something, to, you know, make a, a thing that's going to be eternal, something that you're going to put valuables in that will go on forever. And he goes on to explain it. Unfailing treasure in heaven. We call it heavenly treasure. <coughs> go after the things that are eternal. Unfailing treasure in heaven is, is nothing can happen to it. Notice where he says, no thief can come near. Nobody can steal it. It's not going to wear out. Things down here, people can steal it. Things down here, they just wear out. 
He says, but lay up treasure that's eternal. Treasure that will go on forever. When you live for Jesus Christ here, when you take what God has given you here and you use it for the glory of God, you're storing up for yourself eternal treasure. When you stand before your Savior, He will say, well done, good and faithful servant. As we use what God has given to us for His glory, we will have treasure in heaven, eternal rewards. And when we stand before Him, we will not be ashamed at His coming. But He'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. You used what I gave you wisely. Now, I'm giving this to you as you serve me for all eternity. See, people don't always think about it that way. We think, like, here's the dot. We think, man, this is the most important thing. No, this is not the most important thing. This life's not the important thing. This is just the dot. Eternity goes on forever. You will serve Jesus Christ forever. How you live for Him now, how you use what He's given you now, He will reward you for all eternity. Now, we're not talking about salvation. Remember, salvation is a gift. It has nothing to do with what you use or what you have or anything. Salvation is simply by faith in Jesus Christ. That's eternal life. But how you live here, how you use what God's given you as a child of God, will result in rewards that are eternal and will go on forever. When you stand before your Savior, what do you want Him to say? I gave you all this stuff and you just used it for you. You just kept it. What did Jesus call that guy in the story? You foolish man. But what, is, what do we want to hear Him say? Well done. I gave you this, and you used it for my glory. That's the key. Notice the end verse here. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Remember I said that's the one sometimes we get backwards. We think what we love, we treasure. And he says what you treasure, what you think is valuable, that's what you will love. Think about this. If you value things, guess what? You're going to love them. You're going to love things. But if you value God and people, you will love God and people. Because whatever you think is important, that's what you're going to love. If you think people are important, you're going to love them. If you think God's important, you're going to love Him. If you think things are important, you're going to love that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's what's important. Value people in God. That's what you will love. Jesus says, don't worry about things, even food, drink, clothes. God knows what you need. He's going to supply them. Use what you have for the glory of God. And you will have treasure in heaven. Let me give you some applications. I love these applications. These are good. We can really apply them. Let's look at the first one. Don't worry about the needs of life. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the things, even the needs, even things like food and drink and clothing. See, if you worry, you can't trust. And if we... Trust, we won't worry. Anxiety empties us of our strength. It divides our mind. It puts us up in the air. God knows what we need. He knows everything about you. He knows your needs. He knows what we need moment by moment. He's our Heavenly Father. B. God takes care of His creation. I mean, the birds. He takes care of them. The fields. He takes care of them. God will provide for us. If He'll take care of the birds, and if He'll take care of the flowers, He'll take care of us. He loves us beyond what we could imagine. So, so trust Him. Trust Him. Number two, use what we have for the glory of God. Everything we have comes from Him. 
We're to use it for His glory. So A, seek to live for Jesus Christ. Why are we here? For ourselves? No, we're here for the glory of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. B, this is the hard one, give away and trust God. We got so much stuff, we can give away stuff and not ever miss it. Don't be like the guy who says, I got so much stuff, I don't even have room for it. I better build something bigger to put all my stuff in. We got a lot of stuff. Trust God. Give it away. What did he say? Sell your possessions. Give to charity. See, God will give us treasure in heaven. Wow. The greatest thing that will ever happen is when you stand before your Savior and he says, you are a faithful steward of what I entrusted to you while you were on this earth. You used it for my glory. You trusted me to provide for your needs. And you took what I gave you and you used it to touch lives for me. He'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. May we trust God to meet our needs using what God has given to us to touch other lives and to bring glory to our Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a great passage. Thank you, Lord. They're very hard truths. Lord, we, we know we're not to worry about the needs of life. We don't worry about these kind of things, food and drink and clothing and all those things, because worry just divides us, and worry puts us up in the air. You know what we need. You're our Creator. You take care of the creation. You take care of the birds. You take care of the fields. Lord, we know you will provide for us and take care of us. Lord, may we take what you have given to us and use it for your glory, that we'd seek to live for you, that we would even be willing to take the things, some of the things you give us and, and to give them away or to, to use them to touch lives for you. And know, Lord, that one day when we stand before you, we'll have that unfailing eternal treasure in heaven. And you will say, well done. Thank you, Lord, for these passages. Use us, Lord, for your glory. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.